Welcome to Legal Tips, a podcast series from the Tort Trial and Insurance Practice section of the American Bar Association, also known as TIPS. As leaders in trial practice and issues of justice involving tort and insurance law, TIPS brings together plaintiffs, defense, corporate, and in-house counsel to tackle issues confronting the legal profession. Any experienced attorney knows that civility is a strength and not a weakness. It promotes cooperation, it enhances the reputation of the bar, and most importantly, it is the mark of an accomplished professional. This is Joe Mariani, the chair of the Public Relations Committee of the Tort Trial and Insurance Practice Section of the American Bar Association, and a council member of the Government and Public Sector Lawyers Division. I have the privilege of moderating a discussion on the topic of civility in the courtroom. Three distinguished professionals will exchange their views on the negative implications and perceptions that result from a lack of civility in the courtroom. Let me introduce the panel. The Honorable James Haldeman, the Chief Judge of the Federal District Court for the Northern District of Illinois, and the Chair of the American Bar Association Commission on the American Jury Project. Dick Merchant a partner in Schwartz, Merge, and Ballard and & Cawley, and the chair of the Tort Trial and Insurance Practice Section, known as TIPS, and Mary Grace Schaefer, Vice President of Decision Quest, who has developed trial strategies from social science perspective for over 25 years. Welcome to you all. Good to be here. Thanks, Jill. Thank you, Jill. It's our pleasure to be here, Jill. Thank you. Judge, if I may start with you. All right. At what stages in the trial do you see attorneys exhibit a lack of civility? Well, fortunately, Jill, uh, in the vast majority of uh, trials, uh, the the lawyers uh, are uh, civil throughout the entire trial, and there is no stage. Uh, But uh, uh, usually I can uh, start to detect uh, an inkling of uh, possible civility uh, as early as the the final pretrial conference uh, when we're getting ready for trial. And it usually uh, comes about as a result of uh, some carryover from uh, uh, some uh, discovery dispute that had previously occurred. Although there are some lawyers that uh, just make it their style to uh, try to be uh, abrasive or uh, um, difficult to to deal with. But uh, during the trial itself, um, it it could start as early as voir dire examination when uh, uh, lawyers are uh, insensitive to jurors' uh, privacy or uh, some of the uh, comments that the jurors make in response to voir dire questions. Or uh, it could be at opening statements where uh, the lawyers uh, cast dispersions at the other side that really aren't based on the evidence or don't go to the merits, but but really try to place the other side in, in uh, a, a bad light in front of the jury. Dick, if I could turn to you now, how would you handle the situation where you are um, being treated uncivilly by opposing counsel, let's say, during an opening or during a cross-examination? And, you know, how do you resist the temptation to be uncivil back? <laughs> That's a great, great question, Jill. And, and I think it's tit for tat usually in, in, in situations where uh, you're in trial and your, your uh, adversary is uh, being either uh, uncivil or aggressive in a nature that is not becoming of a a, uh, a a lawyer, you know, and an officer of the court. Um, generally, um, you know, my my goal as a trial lawyer is to uh, the best I can um, be professional with the opposing counsel at all times. And perhaps, you know, 
one of the, the best things about trying cases is generally you try cases against good lawyers. Um, and these are, these are accomplished lawyers that, 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 that know uh, how to try cases. They, you know, obviously are comfortable in the courtroom. And those are the cases I feel um, very comfortable with when we get, get into the, the trial court. The, the problem is, is when you have a trial against perhaps a younger lawyer that doesn't have much trial experience and or a lawyer that it just hasn't uh, really um, grasped the fact that you could be civil in the courtroom. And generally how I handle the situation is I jump on it as soon as I can when I see that uh, lack of civility um, coming down the pipe. And uh, I do it in two ways. One is I generally will speak to the lawyer himself uh, first, um, and that is to sit down with that lawyer and say, look, we're going to be together in this courtroom for a long period of time. Trials are stressful on all parties and all lawyers, and we're all working hard. Let's work together to make this as civil as possible. If the lack of civility continues, then I always do elicit the judge's help in uh, trying to um, circumvent the problems that are going to be coming down the line. And how I do that generally is clearly outside the presence of the jury. Um, I will ask the, the judge for an a in-chamber conference so the, uh, you know, the, the people in the courtroom don't hear what we're saying. And I will go to the court and I will say, Judge, you know, we, we, we need to nip something in the bud very quickly. Uh, and it's, you know, uh, it's in the best interest of all parties, of the lawyers and the court, that we uh, discuss and get some resolution as to uh, the problems that I'm experiencing with counsel. Um, but I always give the lawyer the chance to remedy it before I elicit the judge's help. And, you know, when it gets to the level of going to someone like Judge Holderman and getting into chambers and letting the judge know some of the problems that we're having in relationship to civility issues, um, it's pretty bad. And I have always found, and I, I know Judge Holderman well enough now, that uh, judges such as Judge Holderman and others will nip it in the bud. Well, well, Judge, it's interesting that he says that because um, uh, how do you um, curb it so that the lawyer gets uh, starts to, to sort of behave? Well, I I I, I don't uh, curb it out in the uh, open court, as uh, as Dick said. Uh, this should be uh, handled uh, outside the presence of the jury, typically in chambers. Uh, and if a, a lawyer like uh, Dick Smurgeon comes to me and says, uh, uh, um, in the presence, uh, or says out in open court, but outside the presence of the jury, uh, we, we've got a problem we need to address in chambers, but then all sides will come into chambers. And, and I, will, I will tell the lawyer uh, who's uh, being uh, uncivil that you're really not helping your client. Because typically jurors pick up on incivility, uh, even uh, if it's not something that's verbal, if it's a, a gesture that's being made, or if it's a, a something that uh, is just a, a, the display of an of a uncivil attitude, uh, that's not going to inure to the benefit of the client. And I'll explain that to, uh, to the lawyer. Uh, and, and as Dick said, it's typically the inexperienced uh, lawyers that... Uh, uh, have this difficulty uh, somehow they uh, they've heard that uh, you have to be a you know hard line litigator uh, and and if you're going to be a tough trial lawyer and, and that's not true at all the best trial lawyers rise above it all uh, and uh, maintain not only their civility they maintain their professionalism 
and that enhances their ability to persuade the jury. Thank you, Judge. Mary Grace, the judge mentioned that sometimes uh, the lack of civility could be demonstrated in the questioning of jurors. And I'm sure you've had some experience on how jurors either react to that or how you've seen that in the courtroom. Could you share with us your experience? Sure. And I might um, back up just a little bit and just um, remind all that, you know, jurors are very scared coming into the courtroom when they've been called for service and they've been called up to a courtroom. It's a very unfamiliar environment for them. Um, we often see that and they're all coming in with different life's experiences and they really don't know what to expect. So um, they can be taken aback by some behaviors. And as the judge had pointed out, um, of course, in the presence of the jury, um, usually they are on their uh, best behavior. But I have seen, you know, insensitivity to diversity, um, nonverbal, um, you know, rolling of eyes, things like that, or something that might happen in voir dire would be they um, mispronounce their name, almost slaughter it, or call them by a number, depending on the venue. Um, jurors um, do not like that. And, you know, at the severe end of it, you could see, and I have seen before numerous times, a juror actually cry in open court in voir dire over a line of questioning and um, then that might eventually end up in a sidebar or back in chambers. But um, they take their service very seriously, and um, so sometimes the behavior that's displayed to them just scares them. And and how does that affect the trial as it goes forward? Does they take that out on the party? Does that affect the credibility of the attorney? How do you see it impacting? Well, um, basing it off of what might be post-trial interviews after the trial, um, it affects the um, attorney's credibility, their integrity, you know, and their likability. Um, the longer the trial, the harder it is on them and the client that they represent. So it can be very dangerous um, and risky for the outcome of their case. Now, Mary Grace uh, alluded to um, another form of incivility, which is more um, physical or, or behavioral, in like the rolling of the eyes. Are there other ways, I'm going to throw this out to the panel, are there other ways in which lawyers are demonstrating lack of civility other than through their, their words? Well, one of the things I've noticed uh, that uh, throughout the time uh, I've been uh, watching jurors, and it's been more than four decades now, uh, jurors are always very attentive to what is going on in the courtroom and the way the, the lawyers interact, uh, not only with the judge, but uh, with uh, their, uh, their own uh, assistants. And um, uh, lawyers have to understand that from the moment that uh, uh, panel of uh, prospective jurors comes into the courtroom, the lawyers are on stage. And every little thing that they do, uh, if they uh, even uh, appear to look like they're being... Uh, um, harsh in any way with uh, one of their assistants, that's going to be noticed, and it's going to be uh, something that jurors will uh, will remember. Uh, and, and so lawyers need to understand that. So their body language, uh, uh, a lawyer, uh, we mentioned rolling eyes, uh, uh, kind of uh, displaying disagreement with testimony, uh, a lawyer shaking uh, the uh, head in a negative manner, all of those, I believe, are are uh, behaviors that are, uh, are are just not civil and and shouldn't take place. And 
in addition, it it really doesn't help the persuasion process. And as you mentioned, it it certainly doesn't uh, help the lawyer's credibility. Uh, Mike, my, my uh, experience uh, is the same as um, as what Judge Holderman said um, as the nonverbal um, uh, parts. However, I have to tell you, in, in my in my many years, 28 years of being a lawyer and trying cases, one of the things that um, I have taught my associates and the lawyers in my office that try cases is you never degrade the opposing counsel. And I have seen too many times when lawyers get up and they will make the lawyer the target of the case versus the party. And um, it, that is something that we, we teach our lawyers not to do. If you have um, an issue as you're either giving a, a closing uh, argument or you're cross-examining a witness, you don't degrade the opposing counsel. And, and for example, I have seen way too many times in closing arguments where a lawyer will argue that counsel said this and counsel said that and essentially indicating that counsel is a liar or counsel is, has misstated the evidence or counsel is um, when he cross-examined was uh, inconsistent with the facts and et cetera. And, you know, um, in, and Mary Grace might have a good, uh, good uh, example of this, but in, in our, um, uh, you know, uh, polling of the juries after trials, that was one of the number one turnoffs by juries is that the, the lawyer, uh, rather than, you know, either arguing his position before the jury and or, uh, you know, indicating that perhaps the party, uh, the defendant, was mistaken. If you were representing a plaintiff, they they blamed the the, the lawyer. Um, and I, I was curious, Mary Grace, um, if you have seen that in the past, where the lawyers put on trial rather than the party. Well, what I yes, to answer your question, and what we see is that um, a reminder that in a jury trial the. The jurors believe it's all about them, and so when um, issues go on between counsel, nonverbal behaviors, rolling of eyes, deep sighs, and maybe this is going on when there's an expert on the stand or an opening argument, uh, opening statement, um, they dislike it because it's turning attention to all the lawyers and what's going on between them versus giving them information to make a good decision on this case. So it's um, it's very detrimental to the lawyer and his client to engage in that. And echoing what the judge says, they watch and see everything. When you mentioned um, how they would treat experts on the stand, um, is there some evidence of lack of civility when one party tries to uh, point out the um, tools that the other attorney has to make the case go um, to work, or like you know, they have certain uh, equipment, or they have certain people available to them. Do they try to um, comment on that in some way to bring some negative inference? On occasion, lawyers will do that, uh, and again, that uh, doesn't go to the merits of the case, and and, and so consequently, uh, I, I think jurors. Uh, look somewhat askance at that uh, behavior as well. Uh, because uh, uh, what uh, Mary Grace uh, was talking about, uh, jurors really want to do their job right. And anything that will assist them in doing their job right, they like and they want. Anything that detracts from that, such as 
in uh, in court uh, incivility or uh, uh, lawyers uh, commenting on things that really aren't going to the merits of the case, uh, the jurors uh, will uh, will will actually uh, have a, a negative feeling about that. And so uh, that's why I, I I tell lawyers you're not helping your case when you're uh, trying to uh, cut down the other uh, other side's counsel or the other side's uh, tactics. Uh, you have to you have to try to rise above it. Mary Grace, how do juries react to the attorney who is um, imprudent enough to be rude to the court? They hold it against them. Um, they hold the utmost respect for um, their service and the judge and that environment, and so I think it's very detrimental to their case and their client. And, they, I mean, they, they, they frankly just don't understand how that could be um, – acceptable in a courtroom setting and often are just waiting for the judge to rescue those that aren't being um, in civil. Even when they're, when they're being rude to the court itself? Correct. I mean, it makes the jurors uncomfortable. And so, again, as the judge said, anything that isn't helping them do their job as a juror, they hold it against you. So the longer um, these types of things are going on in the courtroom in the presence of the jury... Um, the more time it is wasting of their own personal time. Judge, are there some court-published um, guidelines that deal with civility, uh, and, and what are the force and effect of these uh, rules or guidelines? I mean, it's different from, from actual court rules for practice. Well, here in the, uh, in the district courts of the Seventh Circuit, uh, we have the uh, standards for professional conduct uh, within the Seventh uh, Judicial Circuit. Uh, there are... Uh, uh, they're on uh, our court website, the Northern District of Illinois website, but uh, other courts across the country, I know the Northern District of California has them, and uh, and other courts, uh, uh, perhaps Dick might uh, have some uh, more information about uh, other courts across the country. But uh, we have uh, these standards, and we expect uh, the, the lawyers uh, to who practice in our courts uh, to abide by their uh, the standards. Uh, each of the standards actually are uh, an obligation that the lawyer uh, articulates uh, and, and agrees to uh, to become a member of the bar. And uh, we have uh, lawyers' duties to other counsel. Uh, we have uh, lawyers' uh, duties to the court, uh, and uh, lawyers' uh, duties to the uh, uh, to the uh, uh, the parties in the case uh, as well. And we also have. Uh, 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 the court's duties to uh, lawyers and the court's uh, and judges' duties to each other uh, uh, on occasion uh, because uh, uh, we judges need to maintain uh, civility as well. Dick, uh, can you comment on any bar association roles or anything that you've experienced throughout the nature? You know, I have found um, that uh, just within the last five years, um, various states, including um, California, are adopting their own um, civility rules, uh, and it was really started initially through efforts by the ABA and uh, the American Board of Trial Advocates, and um, ABOTA uh, and the ABA have civility um, rules that um, are being more and more uh, impl implemented by states throughout the country. I know uh, in the state of California where I practice, um, Various um, state courts, um, including the San Diego Superior Court, has a civility um, uh, model program um, in litigation. 
as do as does the U.S. Central uh, District Court um, uh, in Los Angeles. So it is happening, and I think um, it's a good thing. Um, I have found also, as I learned through being the chair of the American Bar Association Tort and Insurance Practice Section, that uh, law schools are getting uh, more and more um, uh, dedicated towards teaching students uh, issues on civility, both in the courtroom and as a lawyer. And I think as I look at it um, and as we adopt these model uh, standards uh, for civility and litigation, it would really stem from, um, and it would do us all a lot of good to start that process in the law schools. And it's happening, um, and I see it uh, more and more now uh, being adopted by local bar associations, uh, various state courts, as well as uh, U.S. district courts. So it's all it's all good. And Dick, you know, one of your four cornerstones of your theme is the tips chairs, in fact, been civility. So uh, how has TIPS focused on civility in your year uh, as chair? Well, Jill, as you know, it's the 80th anniversary of TIPS. Um, uh, the tort and insurance practice section um, it started in 1932 um, uh, with a, a small group of lawyers uh, that were practicing primarily on the East Coast, uh, and they call it the insurance law section. And over the years, 80 years, uh, that name has changed and is as now, you know, we're known as the Tort Trial Insurance Practice Section. Um, and, and so for my year as chair at this 80th anniversary, I wanted to do something a little uh, different to celebrate our 80th years. And I wanted to really address and give a lot of um, credence to our professionalism as lawyers, our relevance as a profession, and our excellence in what we do. And part of that theme of relevance, excellence, and professionalism included civility. So what TIPS is doing is this year um, we have really focused our programming and our periodicals and our, um, uh, and our membership in looking at issues of civility. And we're trying to incorporate it into all of our programs and all of our periodicals. And it's been a good run. Um, we've, we've done a lot um, with uh, various other bars, uh, including uh, the American Civil Roundtable, Judge Holderman, as you know, is the chair of the Commission on the American Jury Project, uh, and we are also working very closely this year with the ABA Judicial Division. And in our works, we are focusing just on that, our professionalism, our relevance, and uh, our excellence in, in the profession. And um, in that, of course, is our civility. Well, and I uh, want to chime in and compliment Dick for uh uh, the leadership role he's taken in this, uh, uh, all members of the profession, all lawyers uh, should always be concerned about the integrity of the court process, and civility is a, uh, a major uh, way to maintain uh, uh, integrity in the court process, and we should always be looking for ways to uh, to improve, and, and Dick has done that as uh, chair of TIPS, and I compliment him, Dick. I don't want you to uh, uh, get red-faced here, but I, I do compliment you for your leadership on this. <laughs> Thank you, Judge. I was going to ask a question if we have some more time. I, I was um, curious, and Mary Grace, um, you you may have you probably see this a lot more than a, a lot of others, but you know, a lot of uh, discussion has been um, uh, been bantered around a little bit on objections um, uh, in the courtroom. And uh, when we were talking about the jury and the fact that the jury wants to do their job, they want to process the information. Um, th there are uh, times uh, in, in the trial process where 
lawyers, uh, for tactical reasons, uh, more so than evidentiary reasons, will will um, object to a line of questioning and or document uh, or evidence uh, being introduced. And at times, um, Judge, um, I have found there to be a uh, a, a strategic um, uh, tactic on on the objection to either uh, divert the line of testimony by the witness and or put into question uh, a, a documentary piece of evidence. Um, but those objections are are not well founded, and they are uh, and they're usually overruled. Yes. Um, have you, as a sitting judge, um, Judge Holderman, and have you, Mary Grace? As someone who consults with lawyers during the, the the trial process, seen more and more of that type of strategic tactic um, of objecting um, for purposes not to limit the evidence, but to, to, to perhaps persuade the testimony to go elsewhere or the documents to be questioned. Well, I have to say, I uh, I fortunately have not uh, seen an increase of that. Uh, Again, uh, uh, the vast majority of cases uh, that are tried uh, are tried in a very uh, civil, uh, professional way. Uh, but uh, if a lawyer uh, were to start that uh, process, again, outside the presence of the jury, uh, I would uh, comment to the lawyer that uh, you're, you're not really helping your case if you uh, if you make an objection and I overrule it, and you make another objection and I overrule it, uh, the jury's going to start to get the impression that you're trying to keep something out that uh, that maybe they want to hear. And so it 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 really isn't a good tactic. Uh, and and I'll explain it exactly that way in that tone of voice uh, outside the jury's presence, and hopefully it'll get the uh, the word across. Well, this is certainly a topic that we could spend a lot more time on. Um, but I think our time is running out, so I'd like to give everybody an opportunity for any closing thoughts. I'll start with you, Mary Grace, and then I'll turn to Your Honor and then to Dick. Incivility in the courtroom will always put you behind with the jury. Um, you will lose respect and credibility with them, and often this um, will affect the rest of your trial team who's participating in the trial effort and also your client. I agree with that. Uh... Uh, and uh, uh, lawyers who uh, think that uh, they can uh, be harsh in the courtroom or uh, be abusive in some way uh, to a witness or to opposing counsel, and that somehow makes them uh, look more effective, it's just the opposite. Uh, and and so uh, I have to say that uh, we as a profession and we individually have to always be vigilant uh, about uh, the civility that's uh, displayed in the courtroom in front of the jury and outside the presence of the jury. And we should always look, be looking for ways to improve. And so uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad that we're having this, uh, this chat today so that uh, hopefully uh, we, we can uh, get the message across to uh, lawyers and, and other people who are listening to it. So thank you. Well, I'd like to close by saying this, is that, um, you know, civility and professionalism is what the tort trial and insurance practice section and the American Bar Association is all about. Um, it, what, what we do um, as a volunteer bar association is to make us all better lawyers. And um, being a good lawyer, uh, learning the rules of civility, um, being a professional, and being um, a good advocate all run hand in hand. And so, um, Jill, I, I I want to say thank you to you um, for 
moderating um, what has been a great program about civility in the courtroom. Um, these are the types of things we do at TIPS and the ABA to try to educate um, us as lawyers. I want to thank our panel for a lively discussion. Thank the listeners in our audience. And um, I want to let everybody know that this podcast will be available on the websites of the 80th anniversary website of the Tort Trial and Insurance Practice section and on the Commission on the American Jury Project. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to this edition of Legal Tips. We hope you'll listen to the rest of this special series brought to you by the Tort Trial and Insurance Practice Section of the American Bar Association. Legal Tips is produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network.